You come to see that a man learns nothing from winning. The act of losing, however, can elicit great wisdom, not least of which is uh, how much more enjoyable it is to win. It's inevitable to lose now again. The trick is not to make a habit of it. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that clip from a movie called A Good Year with, uh, I don't know, uh, Russell Crowe and uh, that old guy from uh, from uh, Aaron Brockovich. I can't think of his name right now. You know, hey, it's uh, I think this is a, a, a lesson that the Democrats are, uh, are figuring up right now. You know what? Hey, elections have consequences. Famous quote from uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And, uh, you know, hey, the it's what goes around comes around, and now we want it, and they don't like what's happening, and uh, bummer for you. The music I opened up with was uh, uh, Sister Hazel, movie called Save, uh, sound, a song called Save Me, and uh, I'll use that because uh, Saturday night in Laughlin, we'll be, uh, Don and I will be uh, on the beach in Laughlin watching Sister Hazel play. I thought, hey. If you remember that band from the 90s. Anyway, just thought I'd uh, throw that in since, uh, hey, we're seeing Sister Hazel on Saturday. I'll use some Sister Hazel to open the show with. So anyway, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on, and it is getting colorful in this country, getting very colorful. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 interesting and a little bit scary, but I'm going to talk about all that stuff first. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, offices all over the place, uh, lending in California and Arizona at this point. If you uh, are interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities in real estate, whether that's a refinance of a property you own or uh, or making a purchase to own some more property that you don't own yet, or if you're over 62 and you want to uh, check out that reverse mortgage thing, and uh, you know give give yourself some options in your in your retirement years, if you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free. Area code 855-640-2020. If you hear something on the show that you want repeated, you can uh, get the replay of this show on edhoffman.net. Uh, click on the podcast page and you'll find uh, several uh, past shows, this show and uh, several past shows. Uh, if you want, oh, I'm sorry, if you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can also go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. I think they just made some changes, but the Apply Now button used to be the Loan Center, then Apply Now. I think they just made some changes yesterday and I'm not sure what they did, but. Uh, somewhere there's an apply now. I think they made it easier to find. It might be in the front page. Um, and then put in put in uh, how much information you want. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much you want information you want back. Uh, that will pop up on our computers. You'll hear back from uh, me or one of my teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, 
or Aaron Frederick saying we will help you fill in the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. You know, you're getting you're getting bombarded uh, on the phone and in the in the mail and on the internet with all these internet companies, all these lenders that are uh, online and they're trying to uh, get you to finance with them. Um, if you know everything that you need to know, you know what every option is and you know what's best for you. You know what? That's an option. If you and if you want to deal with a nameless, faceless uh, somebody you'll never see, somebody you don't ever have a possibility of seeing, um, you know, if you wanted to go talk face to face, even if it's an hour hour drive, they're in freaking New Jersey um, or Oklahoma or somewhere like that. If if that's okay with you, then go for it. But you know what we find is that people that are purchasing houses need more direction than that. People that and the majority of people that are trying that out, their experience is not as pleasant as having someone to coach you and guide you along and kind of say, hey, you know what? Do you want this or do you want this? Well, I don't know. What's the difference? Oh, you don't get to do that on those online apps. Okay. So if you want someone who's going to guide you, these are big transactions. Well, I know exactly what I want. Well, you know what? A lot of you guys think you know everything you want, but you haven't considered some of the other stuff that's out there, some of the other possibilities, some of the other strategies. As we get older, things change as, uh, as our, our whole, our whole life, our whole life, you know, when you're investing your money, you don't put, put your investments into the same, uh, into the same investments as, uh, when you're 25 versus when you're 55, there's a different strategy and there's some other things to consider. If you want to talk to experts, call me 855-640-2020 or WCCLoans.com. Um, let me see if you want to, uh, uh, oh, also the podcast on it, Hoffman.net. And you can also get on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can subscribe for free. Follow me on, uh, Twitter at Ed Hoffman and where I current, uh, where I tweet about current events all week long and like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Um, and lastly, before I get into the meat of the show, if you want to leave some comments on the show, call me on the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. Hey, uh, also, you know what? Do me a favor. If you've got a chance, even if I didn't, if I didn't, uh, make you mad enough to call and uh, complain or didn't inspire you enough to say, Hey, wow, that was a great show. Call me and get a chance. Tell me how old you are. Tell me how old you are. I want to know who's listening. Uh, you know, what's, what's the age I'm assuming that you guys are all not millennials. Um, but you know, if you're a millennials, tell me if you, if you listen, uh, but you know, make any comments. Uh, so eight, five, eight, five, five, six, four, zero, 2092. I'm just curious as to uh, what the demographic is. Um, usually we get, there'll be a radio show event and that's when I meet, uh, the, the meat, the meat of the borrowers or when they call in, uh, to do some financing. But anyway, I'm interested. If you have a chance, give a call, 855-640-2092. It's just a recorded line. Okay, so let's talk about what happened this week. Border separation part two. After a week of political turmoil regarding family separations at the U.S.-Mexico border, because that's so important to everybody, I think the media plays it as... Uh, as more important than uh, than what most Americans care about. Republicans are striving to pass comprehensive immigration legislation while Democrats are doing what they do best, obstructing Republicans and running their mouths. The, the compromise bill, which was the bill that had its vote delayed from last week, said the good lap bill and it didn't pass. And then they had the compromise bill it was delayed. It failed to pass on Wednesday as well. Uh, to recap the compromise bill, it solved family separation issues 
by allowing children to be detained with their parents in housing provided by the Department of Homeland Security. So in other words, if you get to if you if you break the law, you get to get arrested and you get to bring your kids with you. Of course, Americans don't get to do that. If you get a uh, if you get uh, arrested for uh, for committing a felony and, and and you're an American, you get stuck in a in a jail cell and it's small and you get a little uncomfortable bunk and you get to uh, uh, use the bathroom right in front of everybody, right in right next to your bed. But you know, if you're if you're an illegal alien, you get to have nice bunks and you get to bring your kids and they've got. Uh, and they've got meals and they got a uh, TV and video games and all that stuff. And it's just, we just treat everybody who's not American so much better than we treat Americans. It provided a path to citizenship for DACA recipients, which is probably the reason it didn't pass because um, the Republicans don't like a path to citizenship. Hey, if you're an illegal alien, I, I honestly, you know, I have a problem with not enforcing law, but I, but I just don't think that America is going to be cruel and kick everybody out, especially if you've been here a long time. What I do have a problem with is why do we have to give you a path to citizenship? Why can't we just give you a path to uh, legal residency? Why does it have to be citizenship? And the difference there is, do you get to vote or not? Hey, we're going to let you stay. You have to pay your taxes and you have to abide by these rules and you have to register and you got to do everything that everybody else does. But We're going to let you stay, but you came across illegally. You don't have a right to be a citizenship to a citizen unless there's some deep penalty to get you to give you those uh those those rights compared to the people who actually did it came in legally. So that's probably where most where you got about half the Republicans all the all the Democrats voted no and half the Republicans. It had it had a twenty five billion dollar for the wall and other border security measures uh, appropriation in it, which is good. And with Bob Goodlatte's uh, added proposal, it would have created a new visa program for foreign agricultural workers, plus a provision that the American companies could hire 450,000 foreign workers for three years if no American workers applied. Um, hold on, let's go back. It had a new visa program for foreign agricultural workers, plus a provision that American companies could hire 450,000 foreign workers for three years if no American workers applied for the jobs. Hey, you know what? Why wouldn't Americans apply apply for the job? Okay? The reason that, hey, if if minimum wage is 12 bucks an hour and you can't get anybody to pick lettuce and apples and fruit and almonds and whatever else, everything, avocados, if you can't get them to do it, my question is, hey, then you got to pay $15 an hour. Okay? And how many people will go do it for that? Because I would bet Americans will do those jobs if it just pays a little better and maybe they'll do them anyway, but what's the difference in cost to bring in foreign workers that'll work for 12 versus just increasing it for three. Yeah. That'll make the price of an avocado go up three cents. That'll make the price of this stuff go up a little bit, but we'll have all that extra money that actually gets spent in America. You know what? The concept of how the economy works. Um, I want to play a little clip from a movie called the 25th hour. It's a little quick clip and maybe most people that have seen that movie Maybe missed it, but I didn't. What's the big deal with the employment number anyway? No. When it's at Phelan. Whatever. Look, more jobs means fewer people looking for work. Means it's harder to find good people to fill those jobs. Means you got to raise wages to get them. Means inflation goes up. You got it? Yeah. Nah, I didn't think so. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and you're handing out junk mail. Now get off my desk. Okay. Do you get that? You know what? As the unemployment as the unemployment rate goes down, less people looking for jobs. More jobs available. Less people looking for them. It's the market. The market solves all problems. 
guess what? Hey, there's less people looking for those jobs. You want to hire someone? Hey, I can't get someone to work for uh, 12 bucks an hour. I got to pay 15 or maybe I got to pay 20. And that, you know, supply and demand regulates everything. Don't say, hey, you know what? No one will work for 12 bucks an hour. Let's get some guys from Mexico that are illegal, that we don't know who they are. We're just going to give them a visa so they can come in, come in over the border, drive over there. And then uh, once every three months, you got to check back in. If you do, I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let me play that one more time. Listen real quick. What's the big deal with the employment number anyway when it's at Phelan? Whatever. Look, more jobs means fewer people looking for work. Means it's harder to find good people to fill those jobs. Means you got to raise wages to get them. Means inflation goes up. You got it? Yeah. No, I didn't think so. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing and you're handing out junk mail. Now get off my desk. See, all the you can learn a lot from watching movies and watching them with both eyes and both ears open and paying attention. That's why they, well, cable TV companies play these movies over and over so you can watch them over and over and over and over and over and, and hear all the little, all the little lines, all the little tidbits of, of wisdom and all these things. So, uh, so after Goodlatte added his 116 pages, uh, the name of the bill was changed to Goodlatte 2. President Trump showed his support and he tweeted out, House Republicans should pass the strong but fair immigration bill known as Goodlatte 2. In their afternoon vote today, uh, even though the Dems won't let it pass, the Senate won't let it pass in the Senate. Passage will show that we want strong borders and security, while the Dems want open borders equals crime. Win. Okay, whatever. So, 112 Republicans uh, uh, voted no, um, and all the Democrats. Uh, it lost uh, 121 to 301. Uh, probably the path to citizenship. Make it the, and I think we should make it the path to legal residency. And that's probably why it didn't go. Uh, instead of passing legislation to solve immigration crisis, Democrats would rather promote the idea of abolishing our Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, ICE. Here's Senator, here's our Senator. Well, they're your Senator if you live in, uh, if, if you're a Democrat in California, Kamala Harris on the, on the situation. I think there's no question that we've got to critically re-examine ICE and its role and the way that it is being administered and the work it is doing. And we need to probably think about starting from scratch because um, there's a lot that is wrong with the way that it's conducting itself. And we need to deal with that. Yeah, my, my question is, and I see all these people protesting yesterday, all these people with their heads wrapped up in, uh, in towels and rags and from other countries and, and big loudmouth people that uh, get on their bandwagon here and, uh, and uh, just a variety of people that don't look like American getting on this to abolish immigration and uh, customs enforcement. And number one, I want to say, who the hell are you to tell us how to run our country when you're not even an American? Oh, we've got to do this with America. You can't even speak English clear. Why, why are you trying to make uh, trying to trying to speak out about this stuff? Tell all the illegal aliens how they have to overturn our government. Hey, if you guys are, are not angry over this, you better uh, put your finger on your neck and check your pulse. You might be dead. You know what? Uh, think about this. You know what? Uh, somebody comes over to your house. You know, we want to just have open, the Democrats want to have open borders. Someone comes over to your house, knocks on the door. You look through your camera. You look through your eye thing before you see that they look friendly before you open the door. Okay. Then they want to talk to you. Hey, can I come in and talk to you about this? Uh, I don't think so. You want to make sure who they are before you let them in the house. Hey, you call me, you call me, somebody uh, calls you up and says, Hey, you need a, you need a mortgage loan. Uh, you want to do, deal with someone who knows what the, knows their their stuff? Call Ed Hoffman, 
And in the old days, I used to go to people's house to to do applications, and I'd knock on the door. Hey, I'm Ed Hoffman. I'm here to here to uh, see you. You know what? I will. I go over there with a with a uh, a big uh, a recommendation from their sister or their brother or their mom or dad. Hey, this is the guy. And they still open the door and they go. Mm, they size me up. Okay, come on in. And you decide if you if you want if they want to let me in. These people are just showing up at our door, and you guys and the Democrats want to go. Come on in. Let's just let everybody in. It's a one big happy family. That's bull. You know, that is. And you guys, and if you don't see the hypocrisy in it, okay, you need to look closer. Watch this movie again a couple more times before we get to election day. Okay, meanwhile, the president has a solution. Uh, he, he tweets out, we cannot allow all these people to invade our country. I agree. When somebody comes in, we must immediately, with no judges or court cases, bring them back from where they came. Our system is a mockery of good immigration policy and law and order. Most children come without parents. Okay, that's what's happening. That makes sense. Uh, you know, they come in. Hey, we don't have to let them across the border. Stop them before they get across the border. We don't have to let them. This led the media to accuse the president of trying to strip migrants of due process before deportation. No court cases, no judges. Does the president believe that undocumented immigrants have no due process rights whatsoever? Uh, virtually all Americans agree that it makes no sense that an illegal alien sets one foot on American soil and then they would go through a three to five year judicial process to be removed from the country. Thousands of illegal aliens are removed every month without seeing an immigration judge as a result of procedures in current law, including voluntary removal and expedited removal. Just because you don't see a judge doesn't mean you aren't receiving due process. You're saying no judges, no court cases, so no opportunity to claim asylum, no opportunity to see, hear, have their cases heard before a judge. No, I, like I just said, just because you don't see a judge doesn't mean uh, you aren't receiving due process. Also, the president would like to see us stop people from illegally entering the country at all. We'd like to have secure borders. The Democrats are the ones that want open borders. The president would like us to secure the borders and have a very legal uh, an easy immigration process so people can come here the right way, not the wrong way. Yeah. And you know what, if you're one of those that, that, that thinks we should have open borders, I want to see you take the front door off your hinges on your house and leave it open all night. Okay. Pull your head out of your place. Um, you know, and virtually all Americans agree. And I believe that virtually all Americans believe we should have border security and we should, Hey, you come over, you claim asylum. Hey, I'm from Honduras. I am, I am need asylum. I'm scared of my country. Well, you're not in your country anymore. You're in Mexico and uh, in Mexico, they, they speak the same language as you. Why do you need us? Why do you need to come in here? Let Mexico take care of them. They're, they're a problem. They are a problem. Hey, come on in our country and go straight through our country to America because they will give you say, oh, wait, wait, wait. If you stay in Mexico, you're not afraid of the government, but you don't get any free stuff. Hey, guess what? There's no such thing as free stuff. Somebody's paying for it, and I, for one, am tired of it, okay? Um, and I will tell you, I don't know if this is where I wanted to go into it, but you know what? We need to start a, we need to start a, uh, a uh, movement to get rid of, not ICE, get rid of the IRS, and stop the, the 75 million pages of tax code that we have that allows people to cheat, work under the table, do all that stuff. Hey, everybody gets your whole paycheck. You don't have to do that. But then there's a national, let's say a 10, 12% uh, national uh, uh, sales tax. There's your taxes. Guess what? Nobody has to pay 52%. 
but nobody gets to pay zero either. Well, you know what? The poor people that are standing on homeless and homeless and uh, homeless and hungry on the off ramp, you know they're raking in two, three hundred bucks a day, two hundred dollars a day, and if they don't have a home, they're doing it seven days a week. Two hundred dollars a day, seven days a week is seventy some thousand bucks a year, tax free. Some of you guys are out there working full time and paying taxes on thirty thousand dollars, and you're saying, "Hey, these people don't even take a shower." They got a cardboard. They got a cardboard uh, box that they ripped in half, and they put "homeless, hungry, please help." They're standing on the freeway off ramp. I don't know where there's off ramp you can get off without having these people there. You know, uh, almost every every major street corner where there's a traffic signal, there must. Let me tell you about the the market. If they weren't collecting a, bo- a boatload of money, they wouldn't do that. Well, you know, and some of, some of them probably have homes. Homeless, hungry, please help. You know, then they then they walk off, and as soon as they get out of out of out of sight of there, they get in their cars and throw their little cardboard thing away in the back to use tomorrow, and they drive home to their house that they're not paying taxes on. Somebody, you you the the Democrats want to talk about how rich people cheat, rich people cheat, and there's a lot of people, poor people that cheat too. And being in the mortgage business that I am, I see it all the time. And since I have to be on W two because we deal with uh, FHA and sell HUD loans, HUD says that. I have to be on a uh, W-2. I don't get a chance to cheat, and I pay 52% of my money. If you're not if you're not angry, you must be part of the problem. So anyway, meanwhile, the Department of Homeland Security is asking the Pentagon to provide 12,000 beds on military bases in order to create a family detention center, and 2,000 of those beds need to be ready in 45 days. Does anybody think this is a bad idea? I mean, you know, you go into military bases... And I haven't been to a lot of them, but I've, I've been to March. March uh, Air Reserve Base used to be March Air Force Base uh, back when it was uh, active duty people and uh, and full time. But there's a lot of security in there. And if you don't have a sticker on your on your car or ID badge or, or you're not on some list, you don't get in there. But we're just going to take in some illegal aliens and let them and let them uh, house in our uh, in our military bases. Somehow that just doesn't sound like uh, common sense to me. So, uh, but no matter what happens, it's never going to be good enough. It's never going to be good enough for the Democrats. Even Obama's own Department of Homeland Security uh, Secretary Jay Johnson acknowledges that family detention is difficult to pull off, and he admits that Obama deported many families who arrived here during his term. We expanded family detention. We had then 34,000 beds for family detention, only 95 of 34,000 equipped to deal with family. So we expanded it. I freely admit it was controversial. We believed it was necessary at the time. I still believe it is necessary to maintain a certain capability for families. We can't have catch and release. And in my three years, we deported or repatriated or returned over a million people. You know, if it's catch, if it's catch and release or house these people, then I guess housing them makes more sense. But how, how does this make any more sense? Why can't we just say, hey, you're you're not allowed to come over here, you know, get in line, come through the legal way, and if you're uh, and if you're uh, qualified to come into our country, then we do that, and we get to tell you when you get to walk through, we get to clear you, then you get to walk through the gate. Even when Obama, Obama did the same thing, nobody cared when Obama did it. These people don't care; they just want to make noise. They just want to complain about Trump. You know, they they they've wanted to impeach him since uh, before he took office. They want to, you know, they didn't get their way. They didn't get Hillary Clinton. They don't even realize how bad it is. They just want to complain. And what's the what's the thing that gets me is that 
the stuff, the changes that Trump is making is making positive changes to in, to better the lives of Americans for everybody, not just Republicans. Everybody. He's providing jobs, and guess what? You're not allowed to ask a political affiliation when you apply for a job. So if there's jobs available, even if you're a Democrat, you could get you could even get hired by me. And I try so hard not to, but I'm not allowed to to ask that stuff. So you know what? But I'd get you converted by the time you're there too long. But the um, but again, these jobs are for everybody. Cutting tax for everybody. Well, I don't pay taxes, so uh, you know, I get all I get. I pay in five thousand dollars and get twenty five thousand dollars back. Hey, guess what? Is going to be you want it to be that way forever? Because someone told me a long time long time ago. Hey, everybody has a problem. You either have a tax problem or you have a cash problem. I would rather have a tax problem. Hey, I make too much money. I'm paying so much in taxes. It's a problem. The people that don't have that don't make as much money. That means they don't get to drive as nice a car. They don't get to own a, own as nice a house. They don't get to go on the same vacations, and they don't get to eat at the same restaurants that I do. But I have a hellacious tax problem, and it's no fun. It's no fun. It makes me mad that I work harder than these people to make more money, and then the government takes half of it. While you guys standing on the freeway off-ramps that aren't listening because you don't have a radio, or maybe you do, uh, maybe you're listening on your iPhone, uh, you guys aren't paying any taxes. Hey, I'll get off my soapbox for five minutes so you can hear some commercials and uh, traffic, weather, sports. We'll be right back with part two. We will continue. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Hey, if uh, I don't talk about mortgages and finance much on the radio because I think it kind of bores you guys, although I'm probably going to do a show and bring some of my team on. You can meet them on the radio. And uh, for those of you that are on the fence as to what you should do, we'll talk to you about why you should call anyway and and get some advice. Um, But if you're interested in in, uh, in needing uh, information on buying a house and financing it, um, down payment assistance programs, reverse mortgages. You know, you can uh, you can sell a $200,000 house that you have free and clear and trade into a $400,000 $400, house and still not have a payment uh, if you're over 62 using a reverse mortgage purchase. If you didn't know that, you go, ah, ah, I didn't understand that. I'm going to call Ed and find out. If you want to talk to someone who uh, thinks like you, and if you're listening to this show and you haven't turned it off yet, you must think like me. Uh, because everybody else gets offended. Um, call me 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. And one more time, uh, if you get a chance, call the listener hotline. Give me your comments on the show, 855-640-2092. And let me know how old you are, where you're listening from. I just want to get in. I just, I'm just curious as to uh, what my demographic is. Hey, especially if you're a millennial, because then I'm going to go, hmm, how come my millennials are listening to my show? They're mostly Democrats. Um Maybe that's the people younger than millennials. I don't know what they're called. Gen X's or Gen Y's or something. Gen Z's. Uh, whatever it is. Hey, so uh, so let's talk about, let's continue what's been going on this week. Uh, Democrats are always accusing Republicans of using dog whistles, which is a code word, you know, dog whistles. You blow in it. You can't hear anything, but the dogs can. Um, code word means uh, inspire their followers to behave badly toward other groups. Um, but this week, Democrats proved their own ability to use dog whistles, starting with the owner of the Redhead Restaurant in Lexington, Virginia, where apparently that's about a three-hour drive from Washington, D.C., and uh, since they have the trains, a lot of people that live in that work in Washington, D.C. 
they just get on the train and they go to Lexington where they live. Stephanie Wilkinson claims the owner says that uh, she asked Sarah Sanders to leave because her employees were uncomfortable serving a member of the Trump administration. According to, but according to, you know, wait, hold on, hold on. They're, they they uh, they asked her to leave because employees were uncomfortable serving a member of the Trump administration. Hmm. Does that sound like uh, does that sound legal? Didn't we just go through a Supreme Court thing about what you could turn people down for about uh, sexual things? And now, hey, I just don't like you because you're part of the Trump administration and you get to refuse service for that. Obviously, these people don't understand the economic market because I would say, hey, I think the object of the game is to uh, you have opportunity to make money on your on your on your opposed opposing uh, side. Go for it and spend your money where you want. According to Sarah's father, Mike Huckabee, a former presidential candidate and a former Arkansas governor, their harassment continued after Sarah, Sarah Sanders and her family left the restaurant. The owner of that restaurant was not hospitable. In fact, a little known uh, part of the story is that after Sarah and her husband left and the family relocated to a restaurant across the street, the owner of the Red Hen then organized an effort to go and scream at them from the sidewalk at the other restaurant. Finally, one of uh, Sarah's uh, in-laws, who happens to be very liberal, it's her brother-in-law, went out in the street and said, Look, Sarah's already left. She didn't stay for obvious reasons. She's had all she needs tonight. The rest of us are trying to have dinner. I'm a liberal. I'm not a Trump supporter, but you guys aren't helping our cause. So it wasn't just what happened in the little uh, Red Hen restaurant. It's what happened ongoing by the owner of that restaurant. It's almost as stupid as the owner of uh, Starbucks telling everybody, hey, you can come and hang out in our place even if you don't buy anything. Uh, why don't you just advertise a place for the homeless and the and the uh, unemployed teenagers to come use your Wi-Fi and uh, push out people that are actually supporting your business? I don't know. It just seems like stupid. Uh, stupid. Uh, stupid is as stupid does. Apparently, Sarah's brother-in-law isn't even isn't the only liberal who thinks this was an epic fail. Here's a uh, Obama advisor, David Axelrod. The thing that really troubles me about it is people somehow think by doing this, they are actually taking action. They are making a difference. They, they managed to make Sarah Huckabee Sanders a very sympathetic figure this weekend. They, they riled up the base and divided further the country. The, that was not the intent, but that was the effect. Divided the country. You know what, folks? Uh, oh, I'll talk. I'll talk about it in a, in a couple more a uh, couple more clips here. After this happened to uh, Sarah Sanders, liberal activists were inspired to harass other members of the Trump administration. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen uh, was harassed coming out of a Mexican restaurant last week. Ooh, Department of Homeland Security eating at a Mexican restaurant isn't that isn't that a a, a conflict? I don't know. And on Monday morning, protesters gathered around her home to scream at her family. What a bunch of morons! It's it kind of it reminds it reminds me it reminds me of a of this clip from Talladega Nights. There they are. What in tarnation! Yeah, these uh these kids, 
These kids didn't know what, what it means. Shame, shame, shame. Let's just get a bunch of people together and scream at Kirsten Nielsen's uh, house and, uh, and make a scene. Can you say childish? Can you say get a life? Can you at least say get a job? You know, they're doing it in the middle of the day. If you don't have anything to do, but scream at, scream at somebody's house and say, shame, shame, shame. Do you see why I don't think much of this stuff? Because who is this people talking? You know, it's I'm a lot more I'm a lot more concerned with what people with brains and jobs and pay taxes and pay their bills and are responsible members of society think than what bunch of moron kids and a bunch of unemployed people um, do in the middle of the day. Hey, you know what? If you're unemployed, that may may or may not be your fault. But if you're unemployed, go find a job. You're not going to get paid to stand outside Kirsten Nielsen's house and yell shame at him. Do something with your life. Do something. Anyway, Congressman Maxine Waters, my favorite. Somebody should set her wig on fire, I think. Uh, Congressman Maxine Waters, and you know what? Hey, if you live in Gardena or Torrance or Lawndale or Hawthorne or uh, Carson, if you're one of the, you know what? Do your job on uh, November, whatever it is, first Tuesday in November, get off your butt and go vote for whoever her opponent is in the South Bank. Get rid of Maxine Waters. She is a problem in this country. Plus, she's she's too old, so uh, she needs to she needs to retire anyway. Uh, she's using her uh, old school uh, thoughts, and uh, uh, she's right out of the '60s, I think. Not born, but probably uh, when she got all these ideas. Uh, so she's a uh, congress congressman, congresswoman Maxine Waters is all four members of the Trump administration getting thrown out of restaurants. In fact, she thinks they shouldn't be allowed to go out in public at all. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. You call out a crowd and you push back and you let them know they're not welcome. Does this sound like segregation? Is this sound, hey, you know what? Hey, all you uh, all you black people that still have the chip on your shoulder from the from the your aunt your grandma's 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 great grandma who was a who was a slave uh, 165 years ago or 100 however many years it was 1865 when they abolished uh, slavery. You know what? Is this sound any different? Is this how is this how you solve problems? Is just turn it around like this, um, folks? Our country's on the edge of civil war. This is how it starts, and the and the Democrats are just stirring this crap up because they don't have any they don't have anything to run on. They don't have a platform of anything other than get rid of Trump. And if you've got a kid who th- who's anti-Trump or anti what's going on, they're Democrats, or you have a coworker, you know it's it's uh, it's not ethical for you to keep your mouth shut. Well, I don't want to start a fight. It's not it's not. It's not right to talk about religion or politics. It just starts fights. Guess what? It's not ethical for you to be have have some common sense. See someone who's stupid and let them remain stupid because you didn't want to. You didn't want to uh, uh, let them know that that you're a Republican. I don't want anybody to know I'm for Trump because he's so abrasive. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Get some guts. Get some stones. Get some backbone and tell people what you think. After the president tweeted that Waters called for harm for his for his supporters, Waters claimed that her dog whistle was actually called for peaceful protest. 
I have not called for the harm of anybody. This president has lied again uh, when he's saying that I call for harm to anyone. I am having sleepless nights about the children, and really, I don't want to engage uh, constantly with this lying president. Yeah, normal protocol for uh, for Democrats. Just uh, call when you get called on the carpet. Just divert attention somewhere else so that you don't don't just change the subject. Well, it's just our lying president, our lying president. And you know what? All and all you young people that don't pay attention, or all the young people that aren't listening today that don't pay attention. They just hear that one little soundbite from Maxine Waters said, yeah, our president lies. What do you lie about? Mm, I don't know, but that's what Maxine Waters said. She knows it. You know why she's got sleepless nights? She got sleepless nights because she doesn't know how to, how to unwind the, 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 the problems that she, that she's getting herself into. Well, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to step down because I want to retire someday. But I really don't want to do it. Well, I really can't do it while I'm in here because it look like it's gonna look like I got intimidated to do it. And uh, people are saying, "Hey, how'd you get so rich uh, being a congressman all these all these years?" And I really don't have an answer for that either because I have to tell tell about illegal stuff going on. And uh, and I don't have an answer for uh, that. I'm in the, I'm uh, representing the South Bay, but I live in Hancock Park, and uh, and I really don't even belong there. I really don't qualify to be Congress lady because uh, I don't even live in my district, and uh, I really don't. I really just don't know how to unwind this. Plus, I've been saying impeach 45, impeach 45 for so long, and I really can't, I really can't move on that because he hasn't done anything that would allow him to be impeached, except for lie, lie about me. You know what, Maxine Waters? If you guys reelect her, you're just as stupid as I, as as uh, as everybody says California voters are. Okay, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you guys know if uh, if I know you and you live in that district, I'm thinking about you. I know some of you guys are going to listen this weekend. You're going to go, "Yep, Ed's talking about me." I need a, a better, a better acknowledge it because I've said it a few times, and someone, some people that I always con- uh, comment with have never said anything about it, even though we uh, we tweet and text and comment and Facebook and all that stuff all the time. So anyway, let's go on. The House Oversight and Judiciary Committees are investigating the Justice Department and FBI's conduct during the 2016 election. This week, they called several players onto the Hill to testify. First, FBI agent Peter Strzok, who texted about his anti-Trump bias with his mistress and FBI lawyer Lisa Page throughout 2016, testified behind closed doors. So since he testified behind closed doors, we don't know what he said. But we'll we'll know from the testimony the next day on Thursday, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein testified in open committee. And uh, here's South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy reminding everyone about the FBI's anti-Trump bias and what it means for the big picture. FBI agent Peter Strzok was picked to lead the FBI's investigation into what Russia did in July of 2016. It was a counterintelligence investigation begun in late July 2016, and he was leading it. And at about the exact same time, he was picked to lead it. This dispassionate and uh, fair FBI agent was calling Trump a disaster, destabilizing for the country. Same time, his uh, FBI lawyer girlfriend, Lisa Page, was telling him he was meant to protect the country. This neutral, dispassionate FBI agent said, I can protect the country at many levels. Same time, Peter Strzok, who was picked to objectively, fairly, neutrally look into the Russia investigation, 
was talking about an insurance policy with Andy McCabe and Lisa Page in the event Donald Trump became the president. He was talking about impeachment within three days of special counsel Mueller being appointed. Three days. That's even quicker than MSNBC and the Democrats were talking about impeaching. So this is where we are. We're two years into this investigation. We're a year and a half into the presidency. We're over a year into special counsel. You have a counterintelligence investigation that's become public. You have a criminal investigation that's become political. You have more bias than I have ever seen manifest in a law enforcement officer in the 20 years I used to do it for a living. And four other DOJ employees who had manifest animus towards the person they were supposed to be neutrally and detachedly investigating. Democrats are using this investigation as a presumption of guilt, which I, I find astonishing. And in the long run, for the health of this republic, I would encourage them to go back to the presumption of innocence that we used to hold sacred. There's a presumption of guilt. There's a desire by Democrat senators to fundraise off of your investigation. More than 60 Democrats have already voted to proceed with impeachment before Bob Mueller has found a single solitary damn thing. And uh, you know what? Realize that realize that a presumption of innocence versus a presumption of guilty of guilt. If they if the Justice Department can do this to Trump or they can do it to anybody else, they can do it to you. And uh, you know it's you guys better think about where this is going for your life. Trey Gowdy concluded uh, his time with the microphone like this. If you have evidence of wrongdoing by any member of the Trump campaign, present it to the damn grand jury. If you have evidence that this president acted inappropriately, present it to the American people. Uh, There's an old saying that justice delayed is justice denied. I think right now all of us are being denied. Whatever you got, finish it the hell up because this country is being torn apart. Yep. Like I said, civil war, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. Keep your eyes open, folks. We better we better pull our heads out and uh and start standing for the truth instead of just making headlines. Making headlines. So the the next little piece of the puzzle, uh Florida Congressman Matt Gates uh asked Rosenstein about his knowledge about the phony Russian dossier. Remember the you know this is this is all about the the investigation about the Russian collusion. All this stuff is coming up because of this. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Sessions recused himself because he didn't know because he was involved in the campaign. Uh, and he doesn't know if he might have talked to someone who he said was that might have been Russian at the at the uh, convention. And he just said, I'm going to recuse myself about everything, everything Russian. So Rod Rosenstein, his uh, his his next in line, he's the guy who's in charge of this. So remember, so now uh, Matt Gates uh, asked him about. Uh, taking into account uh, the fr- the phony Russian dossier, taking into account that Rosenstein had an employee whose wife worked for the firm behind the dossier, Fusion GPS. At the last hearing we had, I asked you when you first became aware that Nellie Orr, the wife of your associate deputy attorney general, Bruce Orr, was working for Fusion GPS and was actively assigned to the dossier that said all these nasty things about President Trump. As you sit here today, do you know when you became first aware of that? I believe it would have been sometime in the fall of 2017. As I think I told you last time, Mr. Orr was never working, to my knowledge, uh, on that Russia investigation. 
Uh, and well, his wife, but his wife was, right? I mean, like, right. he's your assistant or your associate deputy attorney general, and his wife gets hired for that. I, I actually I asked you this question on the 13th of December. I wrote you a letter on the 18th of December, nine months ago. You have not responded to it. We need a date when you found out that the wife of your deputy was working for people who are actively trying to undermine President Trump. Yeah, little little details, little details that if you're not paying attention that uh, that you'll miss. Uh, Gates also asked Rosenstein about the FISA application. That's the uh, federal, I don't know, the FISA court is the Federal Intervention Securities Act or something like that. It's uh, basically talking about when we suspect there's some uh, foreign foreign uh, stuff going on in our government. Um, so he asked him about the, the FISA application that was filed to get permission to spy on Trump campaign. Did he even Did he even read the application before he signed it? The FISA renewal that you signed, list for me the people who briefed you on the substance of that of that FISA renewal to go and spy on people. So, Mr. Gates, here's one thing I think it's important for you to understand. And people can make all kinds of allegations publicly. Uh, I am quite confident about my conduct throughout this investigation. That matter is under review by the Inspector General. We'll see what the Inspector General Did finds. you read the FISA application before you signed it? I'm not going to comment about any FISA application. So you won't say to this committee whether or not you even read the document you signed that authorized spying on people associated with the Trump campaign? Nope, he doesn't want to say anything. Duh, hey, guess what? If you're the top of the chain, it's your responsibility for anything you sign. Hey, will I say that I read every detail of everything that I sign as as uh, in my corporation? I have people I trust read them and then t- and I ask questions. Hey, is there what is what's this about? What do we do this? What about that? What do, and you know if it's something something that I that I can't read really quick, I make sure that I have someone who's reading every detail before before I put my signature on it. Okay, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan had a lot to say about Rosenstein's ongoing habit of ignoring a request from the committee. Why are you keeping information from Congress? Congressman, I'm not keeping any information from Congress that it's appropriate. In a few minutes, Mr. Rosenstein, I think the House of Representatives is going to say something different. I don't agree with you, Congressman. I don't believe that's what they're going to say. And if they do, they'll be mistaken. But I think think in a few minutes, the House of Representatives is going to go on record saying you haven't complied with requests from a separate and equal branch of government, that you haven't complied with subpoenas, and you got seven days to get your act together. You know, and here's here's uh, Rosenstein, Rosenstein's response, and Jordan revealing that Peter Strzok didn't have much to say during his closed door testimony uh, the day before. Your statement that I'm personally keeping information from you, trying to conceal information. You're the boss, Mr. Rosenstein. That's correct. And my job is to make sure that we respond to your concerns. We have, sir. It's not personal. We just want the information. Why did you tell Peter Strzok not to enter our questions yesterday? When I asked when I asked Peter Strzok if he'd ever communicated with Glenn Simpson. He gave us the answer he gave us dozens of times. On advice of FBI counsel, I can't answer that question. Why couldn't he answer that question? Mr. Jordan, I appreciate your sincere concerns, but I didn't give Peter Strzok any instructions. If there was some problem with the instructions he had, I'll be happy to look not into what, it. Not what his you FBI lawyer said. Mr. Jordan, it, it, when you find some problem with a production or with questions, it doesn't mean that I'm personally trying to conceal something from you. It means we're running an organization that's trying to follow the rules, and we're going to respond. You know what was interesting? When I asked him if he'd ever talked to Bruce Orr, he said he had. He said he had three times in 2016 and 2017. Then I asked him, have you ever talked to Nellie Orr? And he said, no, I haven't. I said, well, why can you answer that question? Because Nellie Orr worked for Glenn Simpson, worked for Fusion. He could answer that question, but he couldn't answer because FBI counsel told him he couldn't. He couldn't answer the question whether he'd ever communicated with Glenn Simpson. 
a journalist? Why couldn't he answer that question? Mr. Jordan, I appreciate you saying it isn't personal. Sometimes it feels that way. So isn't it, isn't it interesting that, uh, hey, you know what? I didn't personally do it. Yeah, I said, pss, pss, tell Peter Strzok he shouldn't answer the questions on this kind of subject here. You know, it's the same way as, same way as all this investigation. Peter Strzok uh, had an email or a text that went in between him and Lisa Page that said, the president wants to know everything we're doing. Okay, when that when is that going to unravel? And they say, hey, well, did Barack Obama have anything to do with this? Uh, oh no, he didn't have any involvement, but he knew he just didn't he just didn't talk to anybody or leave a trail there. Okay, somehow somehow I think this is going to roll right up to right up to Barack Obama at some point. And finally, Jim Jordan revealed that many congressional staffers claim they've been directly threatened by Rod Rosenstein. But this is what they said: having the nation's Number one law enforcement officer threatened to subpoena your calls and emails is downright chilling. Did you threaten to subpoena their calls and emails? No, sir, and there's no way to subpoena phone calls. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm reading what the press said. I'm reading well, what the I, press said. I would said. suggest that you not rely on what the press says, sir. Well, I didn't ask if there's no way to do it. I asked if you said it. If I said what? What I just read you. No, I did not. Well, now, who are we supposed to believe? Staff members who we've worked with, who've never misled us, or you guys, who we've caught hiding information from us, who tell a witness not to answer our questions, who are we supposed to believe? Thank you for making clear it's not personal, Mr. Jordan. Yep, this guy's a scumbag. Can you feel that he's just not being transparent? I mean, hey, if you if you tell the truth, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about anything. You know, you just tell the truth, and you know it's hey, the truth is the truth. You don't have to be coached on what to say. It's the truth. Is that what we want from our government? Hell yeah, we do. We want the truth. And uh, if you do something that's wrong, you go to jail or you get fired at least. And uh, it's just not fair what, they've, what they're doing to, to uh, push out our decision on who's president and to control our country without the people's votes. Ought to make you mad. Again, if it doesn't make you mad, check your pulse. You might be dead. Hey, I don't have time to talk about the Supreme Court news, but there's a lot of it and some good stuff because uh, Justice Kennedy's retiring. Trump's going to have uh, another, uh, be able to put another conservative on the bench, and who knows? We'll talk more about it next week. But then you got Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Stephen Breyer, both probably not going to last out uh, Trump's next six years. Good things happen in this country. Makes America great for everybody. Hey, I'm all out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 0114-7747 and California Finance Lenders license number 603-K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.